Manchester, welcome to your Manchester Lunchtime Live. Hello, my lovelies. It is indeed Lunchtime Live. Oh, well, it's Monday, everybody. It's Monday. Does it feel like a Monday to everybody out there? Hey? We have got a marvellous guest for you talking to you over the next 10 minutes. I had to get him on because he's just done everything. And just when I thought he'd done everything, I tuned into something else and he's on there as well. I am, of course, referring to the legend that is Mr. Darren Litton. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Now, you are calling us in today from London Town. How's London Town coping with this lockdown? Oh, it's a dream, as you can imagine. Um, yesterday I went out, uh, being Sunday, and it was like Piccadilly Circus. You couldn't move. There was buskers in the street. I don't think they got the memo up here in Moswell Hill that we're supposed to be on a lockdown. Well, we had riots here yesterday. Well, not riots. Let's just call it a peaceful protest. And uh, they were all in Manchester. And you can't help but think to yourself, we all want to get back to normality. Surely they must as well. Why not just sit it out for three weeks? Yeah, we almost had a riot here yesterday, but it was just somebody dropped a packet of polenta outside Planet Organic. So that's about as, um, that's about as mental as it gets here. Oh, no, I've got you on today because... I am um, just when I thought I'd known enough about you, and I, I'd, I'd, you know, we, <laughs> had all, had enough of me. <laughs> we know enough about you, and we know better than we know. Scar, then there's, um, there's a, a Netflix program that many people might know that's just come on to Netflix or BBC iPlay, whichever it is, called The Catherine Tate Show. And I was looking at a few of the male characters on there, and I was thinking, I know that face, and I couldn't put two and two together until the closing credits. and you were instrumental in creating the Catherine Tate show. Perhaps tell us a bit about that. Well, I, I know you're not really one to wear ridiculous wigs yourself, but um, yes, I, I am hiding in many sketches on that show. Basically, I was at drama school with Catherine, and um, after, well, we left drama school, and then we were both sort of jobbing actors for 10 years, and then she got offered her own TV show. Uh, and she asked me to write for her. That's the very, very short, <laughs> potted version. Um, and yeah, it was, um, it does, loads of people have been sending me messages. So I kind of assumed it's been put somewhere for people to watch it. Um, so yes, I'm glad that you've been enjoying it. Now, some of, the, some of the sketches that are on there, I mean, they are like the synonymous sketches, aren't they? For instance, the, the couple sat on the couch, which I think everybody knows, everybody knows a couple like that. When you're creating characters like that, do you go for characters that you would recognise, characters that we all perhaps would know? I mean, that was basically my parents, to be perfectly frank. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it was... Um, I wrote the first of those sketches and um it was about uh, a certain type of mushroom called i, I believe it's pronounced shiitake um, <laughs> and i thought well there's got to be a joke there somewhere <laughs> and then i just sort of um uh it was odd we did sort of tryouts um above a pub somewhere in london and we did various sort of sketches and the ones that really landed 
Catherine doing a sort of, you know, bulky teenager going, saying, am I bothered? And um, things like, um, you know, the couple moaning about, you know, food uh, and um, all those sort of things. We, we kind of found out which ones, well, we hope that we're going to land. The Nan character was something that Catherine had already been doing in, in stand-up um for a, a few years before then but um yeah it was a it was a an interesting uh, thing to find out which characters sort of worked and which didn't so off the back of that then is that what got you into writing benidorm yeah i'd never written anything before then uh catherine said can i use those um stories about your nana and I said, what stories? I couldn't, I mean, I didn't have any stories. The one, you know, not I didn't have like after dinner stories I used to trot out. I just, I'd obviously told her things while we were at drama school. A couple of them I'd even forgotten. Um, and I went, oh yeah, of course you can use, you know, those stories. And then she came back to me and said, actually, will you write them? And I said, in what way? What, like a monologue or, a, you know, a, a duologue, you know, some sort of dialogue? Or, I don't know what you, what you want. I mean, I had a vague idea. I'd been an actor for 10 years, but I'd certainly never written anything. And um, I have absolutely no qualifications at all, no academic qualifications. So I do feel a bit of a, a cheat, really, when people ask me what I do for a living and I say I'm a writer. Uh, I can barely write my own name, to be perfectly honest. That's not true. You have written some. Well, some. No, actually, do you know what? Nobody else can write my own name. That's why it's you confuse them with the second letter. That's what it is. I've done yeah, it a few times myself. Somebody else. Right? <laughs> so Benny Dorm then. Now this was a massive, massive hit, and this was a supposedly equivalent of the the Catherine Tate show for you though for your own experience you're suddenly given permission to write these characters have these amazing actors and actresses um bring to life your words tell us how that felt well it was strange i mean uh, it was i was in the green room uh, which as you know uh, belinda you've been in more green rooms than anybody i know i think uh, sometimes invited as well <laughs> <laughs> I was in the green room of the Catherine Tate show and the producer, uh, Jeffrey Perkins, said, I want you to write your own show. Um, and I said, what, the Darren Litton show or the Darren Little show, as they'd have probably have called it. Um, and um, he said, no, no, like, a, a, you know, a comedy narrative. So I said, all right, then. And I went away and Googled what comedy narrative meant. And I thought, oh, he means a sitcom, basically. So, um yeah, I, so I wrote Benidorm. I have no idea why. I'd never been to Benidorm. Uh, I'd barely sort of been abroad, to be honest, um, at the age that... Um, actually, we, we had one holiday to Spain uh, on a coach from Hull, uh, which was a bit of an eye-opener. Um, but no, I had no idea. I didn't think they'd make it. I remember when talking about Catherine Tate, on the first day of filming of a first series you do the location filming first and we were standing around a grave a sketch that i'd written um and in the grave was a coffin and on the coffin there was a brass plaque with the name of the character you know that in the show uh, in the sketch you know etched on the brass plate and i was like they've gone to all this trouble they're not going to show it on telly, are they? What, what an absolute waste of money. Both Catherine and I, throughout the writing process and the filming, all said, you know, yeah, well, it'll never go on the telly. They'll never do it. 
So I'm a bit of a sort of pessimist, and she is as well uh, in that respect, which I think is good because you're never disappointed being a pessimist, I, th I think. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Oh, dear. Did you ask what my favourite colour was? I forgot the question halfway through there. I must have just kept banging on. <laughs> How was it to bring these characters to life from, from your own writing to see them being done? Oh, well, I still don't believe they've shown it, really. I mean, if I hadn't, you know, if they hadn't paid me, I certainly wouldn't have believed it. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where I, I must admit, as I'm getting older, um, uh, I'm 50 next month. I know I look 60, but I'm actually only 50 next month. And I'm, at this ripe old age, at the halfway point, <laughs> I've decided that I'm going to enjoy stuff a bit more. And sort of, it's pointless enjoying things in retrospect. You know, you look back at photographs on your phone and it says, oh, you know, this day five years ago you were filming this, you know, scene with which everybody knows. And you go, oh, God, that was just a really annoying day. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm going to enjoy stuff now. I'm going to enjoy it while it happens, not just in retrospect. That's my Two questions about Benedict. For next year. Did you, I like that. Did you have a favourite character in Benidorm? And uh, my, my final question about Benidorm was, do you feel that it could have had more legs and carried on further? Uh, my favourite character, um, that's very, very difficult. I think that, uh, there was a character that I got slightly obsessed with. They came, all of the sort of main characters kind of came all at once at the beginning. Um, but the character that came kind of like two thirds of the way through uh, was a character called Pauline, who was um, Noreen's daughter, Johnny Vegas's uh, uh, sister. Can I say stepsister? That might be called a spoiler if you've not watched a certain episode. Anyway, she was a uh, an alcoholic South African. Um, yeah. Uh, South African who curiously lost a South African accent because TV didn't like the accent. Um, so we just went, oh, well, we'll let her do the character without the accent next time. And I made up some ridiculous story. So that's my favourite character. I remember once sitting in a garage forecourt, sitting there with a box of chocolate Brazils on my lap, thinking, just having just bought them in the garage, thinking this is what this is something Pauline would do. She'd sit in the garage forecourt eating a chocolate, a box of chocolate Brazils on her own. That was my excuse for eating them in my car. Uh, so I'd just do, and a bottle of Bailey's usually if it was, um, yeah, Pauline. Uh, and the other question was, did I think it had more legs? No, I think it kind of played out as much as it should have done, and I would have written more of that series which i think would have been a mistake um so i think itv did me a favor uh really um because it's you know it's such a good job <laughs> you know there's no way even if it was sort of like on its last legs which i don't think it was i think we left on a high certainly left people wanting more which is good isn't it that's what you do isn't it in showbiz I definitely want. I definitely want to see more. I could have watched in about another ten years of it. I really could. Oh, um, would you bring it back then, if asked? No, not in not in that form. You know, not in sort of in saying that I don't know what other form you could do it, but <laughs> no, not as in. No, I don't think so. I don't think it. I mean, we. I don't know if we could get the cast back. So you'd need a new cast. 
Um, no, I think Benidorm has kind of uh, kind of run its course, really. So I is think. that why you went on to writing Scarborough then? Yeah, I, I wanted to write something completely new, something completely different, something that felt very different. And um, I don't know, I think possibly uh, the BBC maybe thought it was a bit too different because uh, despite it getting very good um, viewing figures and good um, what they call uh a p do they call it i can't remember what the the yeah, acronym yeah. Is. was it audience appreciation basically it yeah. means that scored very well all the technical things they want but they kind of uh canned it after one series which was very you know really disappointing but there you go there's a lot of shows that don't even make it onto the telly so it's hardly a failure i guess so what would be next for you then what are you thinking of doing next well, I am writing a show, uh, actually, oh, which is, um, it's, I can't tell you a lot about it, unfortunately. Is it about a ginger drag queen? How did you, have I left my webcam on again? I can't believe it. <laughs> reading all these scripts that I'm churning out for you. Um, Can you imagine if we just let an exclusive out, then we'd need so you're writing something. Is it going to be drama? Is it going to be comedy? It's comedy. Um, yeah. It's been it's been commissioned by ITV. Actually, the script, uh, which oh. is fairly unusual, usually commissioned a script is usually commissioned by a, you know a production company or whatever. But um, anyway, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I can't. Also, you know yourself when you're working on a, a new project, you don't want to jinx it by telling everybody about it and then nothing happens with it. So, no, I am writing something. I had about a year, a year and a half of, of writing nothing, and I thought, oh god, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hate going back to writing. But I've really enjoyed it actually. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Well, you are fantastic. And your work, your volume of work, I should say, speaks for itself with everything that you've that you've achieved. I mean, it's fair enough to describe things. I think sometimes it's it's lesser to describe something as a sitcom because it sounds like it's not going to be as appealing and as impactful. But your your programs that you've written, as you, you know, have just been like major and have won, you know, a fair few awards, haven't they? Yes, I'm sitting in my office now with a few of those awards behind me. Soon to be rushed to cash converters, obviously, if this, um, <laughs> if this next project doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Might as well have cash converters. That's where you need to be in the next few months. What, cash converters? <laughs> yeah. To get some of them. It's the only time I'll get an award, is it, if I have to buy Darren, it's been amazing speaking to you, and we will catch up with you very, very soon. Uh, we <laughs> I'm just picturing me winning um, an award and then telling everybody I won an award, and it's actually just from Catherine Burton. in my life, everybody. Darren Litton there speaking to us all while you've been having your cup of soup, everybody. Bit of cup of soup with me, Miss Belinda Scandal. Rather, my darlings, you take care of yourselves and each other. And remember, stay gold and stay true, everybody. Have a fantastic day, whatever you're doing. Take care and ta-ta.